Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse at the Sheridan Grand for the Cubs convention. I'm David Hahn from Matt Spiegel, Bruce Levine here as he always is on every Saturday. And the top of the hour is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call 1-877-CARS, K-A-R-S, for kids. And the top, it's also sponsored by Northwestern Basketball at the new Welsh Ryan Arena. Home opponents this season include Maryland, Ohio State, Michigan, and Purdue. Single-game tickets to see Chicago's Big Ten team are on sale now at nusports.com. Still to come, Jason Hayward will be joining us. Tommy Hadovy, the pitching coach of the Cubs, leading us up to DePaul basketball, as you said, David. And then after DePaul basketball... Julian Maggie will take it up till uh, 7 o'clock tonight. Yeah, a lot of people here, a lot of excitement in the room. Tom Ricketts is busy being inaccessible, signing autographs for the last half hour or so. Yeah, that's just uh, going to give him a blank check to sign. You think he'd do that? <laughs> so, Bruce, we got done talking to uh, Kyle Hendricks in, in as affable as ever and talking about his offseason. And when you look at this Cub team, the one thing we do know, there's a lot of uncertainty, there's a lot of awkwardness about the trades that have yet been to be made. But one thing you do know is this starting pitching rotation should be solid if they stay healthy. And when you look at the loss of Cole Hamels, they're certainly going to miss him because he was a professional. Uh, when he was healthy, he was effective as well. Tyler Chatwood is slated to slide into that, that spot now, but it's January. Right. What do you expect in terms of this rotation overall? And I guess more specifically, who is the fifth starter? I think he's not on the team right now. I think there's a good possibility. We've heard about Chatwood. Alec Mills showed well at the end of last year for them as well. But I, I think that it, there, there, would be a, there will be more, at least one trade, maybe more. And I think a pitcher, a young pitcher, will be coming back to uh, pro- most likely fill that role. What about Adbert Alzali? He's a guy that uh, last he year when he, he... He really he, didn't show me the ability well, to stay on the field. Re- Really? I mean, his debut was pretty dazzling. He, he, four he, innings. Okay, four innings, but you saw stuff. You saw stuff that was electric at times. Do you think he can put it together, and if he can, can he be that guy? I don't think so. I mean, just my instinct tells me he's had injury issues. He hasn't been able to build up innings, you know, to be uh, a guy that you say can be on the field trusted for 170 innings now. 170 is the new 200, David. So, I mean, he might be a middle reliever. You know, maybe he's a back-end guy. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm no expert when it comes to that, but I've seen enough pitchers to know if you're not building up uh, innings, you know, and you're, you're just not coming out and firing 32 games next year and throwing 175 innings. That's just it's not something that they can count on. His stuff is good. You're right. But, you know... After four innings, waving the little hat, you know, to the fans and everything, it's... You think you got a little carried away? Or did we get carried away? It's a little premature. I mean, you know, I'll never forget Rizzo's reaction to it after the game. He's just, like, laughing, you know, 
here's a guy taking his hat off and waving it after four innings, you know. And they were good, a good four innings, but have we really lowered the bar that much to think that a, a prospect is a prospect until he's actually accomplished something in the minor leagues? He's, he's been okay, but he's not healthy. He hasn't been healthy. No innings log. Maybe he fits into the bullpen, which is going to be, you know, in, in a state of flux as well. We know that Steve Ciszek signed with the White Sox. They called him five minutes after the World Series was over. Pedro Strope is unsigned. Uh, Kinsler is also a free agent. Yeah, These the are bullpen. guys that played big roles in this bullpen. But now, Bruce, they don't really have anybody right now to the – we don't hear rumors. We don't know who's going to fill those roles, who's going to eat those innings. How concerned should you be if you're a Cubs fan you, about the bullpen? You have to be a little bit because it's, it's Ryan who really stepped out and had a really nice year for him. It's Weck. It's Wick. Uh, you know, the left-hander and the right-hander both of it at one point came from San Diego. You know, Wick was, was outstanding. I think he's a keeper. He's really good. Weck, you know, the left-hander who came in the trade – showed well as well so there's some promise there but that's not you know you're not going to say this is a championship caliber bullpen at this point in time you got well Kimbrel coming back he's got to prove an awful lot what version of Kimbrel will you get right and that's that's going to be a key a key to the season i think the keys to the season are Kimbrel and a leadoff man i think those are those are two of the biggest keys for the season. So we will come back, and we're hoping to have Jason Hayward. We're hoping to have Tommy Hadovy. We have a lot left here at the Cubs convention. Inside the clubhouse, Bruce Levine. I'm David Hawn from Matt Spiegel, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast welcome back to inside the clubhouse at chicago sports radio 670 the score bruce levine and david haw 
I'm in for Matt Spiegel today, and we are pleased to be here at the Cubs convention at the Sheraton Grand, and our coverage here is sponsored by Wintrust Crosstown Series. Now is your chance to vote on a new trophy design. Visit Wintrust.com slash Crosstown, and we are pleased to welcome into the program here on the set, Tommy Hadovy, the Cubs pitching coach, regular contributor to the Mully and Haw show during the regular season. Good to see you, Tommy. Welcome, uh, welcome to the show. I know this is a tough weekend for you because your Chiefs play tomorrow, so we hope that uh, we can distract you for a little bit about that. Mahomes socks right now. If anybody, I don't know if anybody can see him, but I'm rocking my Mahomes socks right now. So, um, yeah, and obviously, you know, fun time to be here at the convention. It's just amazing the turnout, um, the fans, and the support, and, and the love. I mean. The the standing O David Ross just got in the coach's panel gives you goosebumps. You know, it's just what he brings to the table. So well, obviously we're excited he to be here. You shouldn't applaud that much when you're coaches. Oh, you mean the uh, the fans? The fans did. <laughs> I, I, I was standing O as soon as I heard it too. You know, everybody talks about the dynamic that will change for David Ross and in managing players who were his teammates and are his good friends. But for you, obviously, we coming in being a pitching coach for the first time. Your, your manager was somebody who was a sage you know, veteran and experienced guy like Joe, and now you're going to be working for somebody who you actually have more experience in the role that you're playing than he will, will have as a manager. How different is that? What do you expect, and how well do you know David Ross? You know, obviously, um, being uh, around the team, you know, when David was a player and, and how we interacted in the game planning and all the, the strategy and things that we did, we got to know each other really well. And um, I, I think what Rossi brings to the table is just so unique is just that fire and that passion and that hunger to, to just win and, and do something great. You know, we, we talk a lot about 16, and Rossi obviously was a huge part of what we were able to accomplish that year. But you're getting to a point now where you have, you have a core group of guys that were there in 16, but you also have a, a, quite a few guys that weren't. And a lot of guys that are hungry too, that want to get back there and hear a lot about 16 and hear a lot about the success of, of what we did. So, so his hunger as a new manager to want to get back there and win and the hunger of all these guys that are, that are really um, you know, wanting to come into their own and, and have another chapter of, of their careers. So I'm um, looking forward to working with him. Obviously, we've, we've been close um, and kept in touch even when you know, he's been off and, and doing his, doing his uh, other uh, activities. But he's been great, and we're very excited Just for say the it, season. dancing with the stars. <laughs> Just say it. I know he's been thinking. dancing, yeah. but no, no, he's great. No, <laughs> you and the other pitching people did a great job with Tyler Chadwood to get him back. At least between the years, you know, probably that's, you know, we always say it's 80, 90 percent of it because it, you always had a great arm and great stuff. Now, give us a couple reasons why you think he can take that step back to being a consistent starting pitcher for 2020. You know, Tyler spent a, a huge chunk of the offseason last year. Uh, focus on cleaning up the few mechanical things that we really needed to get cleaned up. So, you know, there is a lot of mental that goes into um, obviously the pitching and, and having a year like he had in, in 18. But to kind of hit the reset button and go back to, okay, let's focus on, on these key things that we can control. Let's focus on some mechanical things we really want to get ironed out to give him to get him to that point where he doesn't have to worry about the mechanics anymore. Now I can just go back out and execute and compete. And so 
talking to him um, over this winter and where he's at physically, I think he feels great. He's actually gone in the offseason, um, gotten off the mound. He's like, okay, I'm right where I was and worked on last year. So that, that part of it's gone. Now it's getting him back into um, the mentality of this is what I can do. I can compete. I mean, his stuff is, is amazing. It really, it really is. And, it's, and so to get him you know, built up now as a starter and competing you know, right from Jump Street going into spring training, I think it's be key to him having a successful 2020. Cubs, Cubs pitching coach Tommy Howe to be joining inside the clubhouse. Bruce Levine, I'm David Holland from Matt Spiegel. So Tommy, in that context, you're talking about how good Chatwood stuff can be and where he is with this team. What's your thought process? We were talking about the fifth starter. We know the four guys that really everybody can count on to be solid again if they stay healthy. What about the fifth guy? I think, you know, Chatwood obviously has an opportunity, and, and rightfully so, to be in the mix for that fifth spot. And the guy that's, that's pitched in the big leagues and started, you know, for, for many years. And, and, again, we talk about the stuff. Um, but we also saw how well it played out of the bullpen last year, too. So, you know, Chatwood's going to have every opportunity to come to spring training and, and earn that spot, as he should. You know, we also have some guys, you know, Alec Mills obviously came up and pitched some really good games for us down the stretch. As a guy that's always seemed to come up and, and compete and is able to move the ball around, as similar to like a Kyle Hendricks, you know, he can kind of mix it up and, and execute pitches. So he'll definitely have an opportunity in that conversation as well. And then you've got some other younger guys. Obviously, Azalea we saw at the end of the year last year um, pitch some really good games. And then um, Jarrell Cotton's another name that we, you know, we added this offseason. Definitely a guy we could stretch out. So there's, there's some names, but obviously I think Chatwood would be at the top of that right now. Is Azalea... Uh a long shot because of the fact that he hasn't built up enough innings in the minor leagues and you you know when you you start out you want to have unless you're the Dodgers you want to have you know five guys you think will throw 30 30 games I mean, is that passe now or are we moving toward well the Cubs are probably going to be looking at six seven starters in the future and everybody else will be looking at the new 150 inning pitcher you know I, I think um the, the, having starting pitching and having consistent starting pitching is important in terms of getting those 30 starts and, and having guys can do that. And in Azalea's case, um, a lot of it is just due to like the ups and downs he's had physically over the last few years. And so it's just making sure we build him up the right way and don't throw too much on his plate right away. But, you know, you see guys all the time that, you know, kind of have a, have two or two or three years of like, you know, 50 innings and 75 innings and 100 innings. And all of a sudden they jump up to 180 because they lock it in and they get it figured out. If you look over the last, you know, 10 years, though, the teams that have won and teams have won the World Series, almost all of them, you know, have like only six or seven starters that are consistently throwing for them. Um, when you start seeing, you know, nine and ten, a lot of those times it's because of injuries and because of things that you have going on. So, I, I mean, I, ideally, you'd like to have those five or the six Dodgers guys. The Dodgers did it by design, though. Right? I'm sorry. The Dodgers did it by design. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, and they manipulated the, uh, you know, the ten day uh, IL. Right. It, there's there's definitely um, ways to do that and to prolong, you know, certain guys. But again. Are you, you need to have those six or seven guys that are all at the same on par with each other to make sure you can, you can accomplish that. Because if, if you don't, you're, you're at times putting a lesser guy just because you want to give a guy a break. Why should Cubs fans believe that Craig Kimbrell, with a full spring training, will be a different pitcher this season than he was last year when he came in midseason or at least in June and wasn't the pitcher you expected him to be? You know, it is a very rare thing to do what he did last year um, in terms of 
not getting signed by all those teams because of all you know the drafting compensation and waiting and then trying to come in mid-season you know we did our best to give him a modified spring training and there's just nothing like simulating like being out there for a month and a half and going through that process but for Craig also coming into the middle of it right in the heat of a team that's that's fighting and competing and and, and all of us are human as human beings want to do as much as we can and I think he would admit he'd probably try to do too much too fast so um, for him I think the biggest thing is just getting comfortable with the team around our organization and and really coming in and having a lot of fun um, as, as a group and being part of what we got going on and he's he's such a tough competitor and just wants to get out there and compete you know every single time enjoy the rest of the weekend thank you for being here we know there's a lot going on but uh, we appreciate you stopping yeah, by and good luck to your chiefs uh, they need to stop the run that's right you can wear we'll, those socks we'll proudly on monday morning week. that's right thank you I'll guys call you again next week yeah all right thanks, coach pitching coach tommy hardovy on inside the clubhouse bruce Levine. i'm david holland from matt spiegel when we come back at chicago sports radio 670 the score well, no, we're not going to break we're going to bring him right after no tommy hardovy he's batting ninth and here comes jason hayward who is uh, going to step in right now. And Jason Hayward, the outfielder for the Chicago Cubs, he will be joining us here. Yeah, Bruce. he's right behind you. He's, uh, he's, ba- he's batting first, and Tommy was batting ninth. Yeah, so we're, we're break-free all Cubs the way Cubs found through, their leadoff uh, hitter. David, Again. No break. <laughs> hey, Jason, how are you? Doing well. We have just got done talking about pitching, so now we'll uh, transition to, to everything else. Um, how would you describe the vibe here at Cubs convention this year compared to past seasons when the expectations might have been a little bit higher and this season maybe a little bit more uncertain? I feel like, um, if anything, uncertain because I don't think anything's happened um, you know, to this point. You know, as far as the main group, everybody wants to see what, if uh, anything's going to happen, but that's a part of it, man. As, as players, I know as fans, you know, it's, it's much easier to have an idea of what the season's going to look like um, when, when things happen in the offseason, but that's just the nature of the beast. And you know, we as players know we got to get ready to go do our job and have fun competing. Jason, how did you internalize the end of last year, the end of the Joe Madden era, and moving forward this year? What was, what was in your design going into this season other than obviously getting ready for another year and, and doing what you do you know, every year? Was there any other thought process about what occurred and what needs to happen going forward for, for you and your teammates? Um, I would say the biggest thing is, you know, for one, I, I don't like not making the postseason. I've done it more times than not, uh, making the postseason seven times out of ten years. Um, but want to make sure we're healthy. You know, it's, it's a tough thing to do. It's not an excuse by any means, but that I feel like is uh, a thing that people don't think about is, you know, what happens if a Javi Baez gets hurt? What happens if Wilson Contreras goes down? What happens if some of the guys in your rotation, um, you know, Rizzo going out for a little bit with his ankle? You know, those are things that we don't anticipate happening, and, and of course you don't. Don't want to think about the worst, but when they do happen, you realize how much tougher it is to, to make it to the postseason. You, in the you realize uh, you you guys have spoiled the Cub Nation here because they expect you to win every year. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we expect to win every year. Uh, we we want that, and, and they spoil us on a, on a daily basis at home and regularly and on the road. So it goes without saying how much and how badly we want to give that back. I think people assume that when they see you and they come up and they talk to you that you're going to know what's going on next and what's happened in the offseason and this sort of state of limbo that you described. And, and I, I'm curious, I mean, how much do you seek to find out yourself when you come to these events and you talk amongst players, you talk amongst maybe executives, whatever? Are you as curious as the people here as to, okay, you know, when's the offseason going to start and what's this team going to look like when you get to Arizona? Um, well, the offseason's already started and, and it's, it's coming to an end here, here, here quickly. 
But you know, as far as what I can control, that's, that's what I know I have to do is what I can control, get ready for the next season as an individual and be ready for whatever we're given when we get to spring training because that's, that's really what it is. That's the reality. No players can make the roster. None of us can make any moves. Um, you know, and as far as finding out what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and they can tell you one thing or they can have, uh, you know, they being the front office and the ownership, you know, they can have some things on their mind. But at the end of the day, they got to react to what they're given as well. So you know, that can definitely change throughout the offseason. So that meaning you, know, you never know something still could happen. <laughs> it better. I mean, because there haven't been any moves. There haven't, there haven't been any trades. This is the same team that won 84 games last year. And after the day after, you know, there, there's a sense that there needed to be some sort of tweaking so you could get better because that's the way to improvement. So I guess that's the sense of, you know, you're so, sort of in this, in this limbo, the uncertainty. That's where the awkwardness comes in. Well, when you say it better or when you say it's the same team, well, that same team, once again, just like much when we missed KB um, in 2018 for parts of the year, you know, that says a lot when you miss your MVP. Well, we missed our runner-up in MVP coming down the stretch in Javi Baez. And, you know, again, you point out Rizzo. Again, you point out Wilson Contreras. Uh, you got Lester. Who had, we had Cole Hamels who was, was dealing on the mound, and we missed him for a while to an oblique. So the biggest thing for me is if we're healthy, a lot of those wins or a lot of those you know, games that we miss out on look differently when, you come, when it comes down to putting everything together. Jason Hayward joining us here at the Cub Convention. He's David Haw and Bruce Levine. We do, t- we do Inside the Clubhouse every Saturday from 9 to 11. Matt Spiegel with me most every week. Jason, uh, when you... Uh, look forward to this team and you're, you're looking at uh, 2020 you sacrificed personally like a lot of your teammates did uh, your position for a long period of time, your position in the batting order for a long period of time um, a lot of people sacrificed a lot of different things to try to fill in some gaps that weren't there for the team last year uh, do you regret any of those things? I mean uh, as far as you know you're the best right fielder in baseball. You had to go play center. You did a good job, but it's not your position. Uh, you, you've always hit in the middle of the order. You had to hit leadoff for a month last year. That's not your normal position. Any of those things that you look back on and go, gee, that, what, that wasn't really uh, fulfilling for the team or myself? Um, you know what? I mean, for me, you know, I've done those things. Like we talked about, I've batted leadoff before, you know, before coming to Chicago, played center um, before being here. And if there's only one thing for me that I regret about it is that we weren't at full strength when it happened. Um, you know, going to bat leadoff, yeah, that, that, was, that was one thing. That's a new challenge. But then we had the guys towards the end of the middle of our lineup, you know, guys that weren't, weren't playing every day coming in trying to get their bearings again. So I feel like it's just when it comes down to the balance of getting everybody to gel at once, we kind of missed out on that periodically through the season where we had these guys playing, everybody healthy. Then we had some guys down. We had some guys trying to fill in in spots they weren't used to being in. But – Again, when you're not at full strength, it makes it that much tougher when you start to move things around. As you age, as you get to be a, an older veteran player, how do you change your off-season approach to, you know, maintaining your body and mm-hmm. approaching it physically? And then do you do anything additionally mentally because of how cerebral player you are? Um, if anything, mentally additional is to subtract, to, to do less sometimes, uh, take, take more breaks, get more rest because... I play hard, and you know, I understand what it's like to go through a long season, of course, and then from spring training to majority of the time during my career making the postseason, you got to know when to get rest. Um, but, you know, for me, I, I do a lot of take care of my body. I work out a lot, uh, but you got to work hard. you got to work smart. So I kind of break up the offseason you know, somewhat like the season, get out there for a little bit early on, take it easy, 
um, get after it again, take it easy, give yourself a chance to recover, but also get used to what it's like in season as well. When you got to slow down sometimes, sometimes you got to do more. Um, so that's what it comes down to when you have that many reps as far as 10 years in, in the big leagues. As a major league player, a guy that does it every day, has been doing it for 10 years at major league level, and uh, a fan of the game, how do you uh, look at and internalize uh, what's transpired with the uh, Astros and Red Sox, three managers let go, general manager let go, um, one manager got a job and didn't, wasn't able to complete it because of the question marks. How, how do you look at it as a player and, again, as a fan of the game? Um, I just feel like it kind of goes with that cliche saying that we have as players sometimes that you, know, you think you've seen everything in baseball and then you see something else. You, know, <laughs> you spend another day, you spend another season, um, another month in the big leagues, and then you see something new. So I feel like it's new. It's new to, to us. It's new to fans, obviously. It's new to players to see something like this to come out, I guess, Obviously, it wasn't open right away because they had to do investigations, but uh, for it to come out now and be through social media and see stuff popping up, it's almost like you're watching CNN instead of ESPN or MLB Network. <laughs> so there's, there wasn't an undercurrent? There wasn't like, okay, this is what the players know and this is what we don't? Did you suspect teams like the Astros, like the Red Sox, that they were doing something? We just didn't know exactly what? Um, I mean, you can suspect stuff all you want, but it's, it's so hard to imagine to this depth, you know, to this magnitude that they're, um, the number of things that you hear about, the number of ways, different ways that they tried to do this from maybe camera feed to trash can to, <laughs> to buzzer or whatever. Um, if anything, I would just say it makes it hard to find out what the truth really is on a daily basis. So we saw these general managers suffer the consequences. We saw the general managers suffer the consequences. Do you think in these extreme situations that players should have uh, should there be scrutiny for them? Should there be penalties? Or is that, as you guys always say, that's beyond my pay grade, you know, to decide? I don't know. I don't, I don't know about pay grade, but I don't, I don't know what all goes into those decisions um, that, that the commissioner makes, that the league makes, whatever, because, uh, no, it is weird. It's, it's a weird thing. How do you, how do you gauge who, who's going to be punished for it? Um, but if anything, I'll just say that, you know, if, if – front office guy or you know someone on the, on the coaching staff whatever and I'm not throwing anyone under the bus here but I'm just saying I find it very hard for them to say if anyone does say they didn't know what was going on because mm-hmm. um, some of the stuff that they, they have that's came out about what they were doing it's right. almost like I feel like everyone's got to be pretty aware of that what's happening so when it comes down to punishment I don't know who to point the finger at for them yeah. and, and who's going to be penalized but obviously they, they made uh, some strides as far as you know punishing the uh, Astros organization with some fines Spending some people and is, ultimately uh, releasing. Is Fires a hero, a bum, or somewhere in between? Just a honest guy speaking honestly about what occurred and he didn't like it. I don't know. I feel like you gotta you gotta talk to him and, and get his you know in depth insight on that. Um, but when it comes down to it, if if his intentions were truly that you know he you know felt bad about guys getting released and, and people losing jobs over over you know teams not using unfair advantages, then I mean that's. That's fair to say because you see that happen with, with steroids, with substances, um, with things like cheating. You see people lose jobs over something that's not necessarily a true outcome. From a player perspective, though, do you think that he will be accepted, celebrated, or viewed differently in a negative sense because he was the whistleblower in this. He's already received mm-hmm. criticism for being that guy that came forward and named names and, yeah. and cited examples. I mean, I feel like everyone's going to be entitled to their own opinion on it, right? Every, everyone looks at this differently. Um, it's hard to look at it one way it really is. Um, I feel like someone like myself, 
I might say, well, if he gives his ring back and, and he does that, then at the end of the day, he was not doing it to say, I'm going to tell on you guys, but keep my ring. Um, so that's that's kind of for me, you know, actions speak louder than words. That's kind of for me what he was doing anyway by bringing it up in the first place, saying he didn't care about the ring. He was putting the game above success, and we'll see how it plays out for him. I know it's an individual thing, but social media is such a big part of people's lives these days as far as deciding, you know, uh, who's guilty, who's not guilty, uh, you know, just all kinds of different things. Personally, how do you deal with social media and how, how do you, you know, kind of internalize it if it's directed at you or teammates and uh, is it something that uh, you know, is important to you to deal with as a part of your daily life? Um, as far as me and, and my, I guess, input or out, output on it, you know, I have fun with it. I get involved with my teammates. Um, you know, I, I soak in the moments that are, that are pretty fun and special throughout the baseball season. It's, it's cool to share with people. I know they like to see that stuff from us. Um, I know as a, as a kid growing up, it would be cool to see what Javi's doing, what Rizzo's doing, um, the kind of fun we're having, whether it's during a rain delay, whether it's whatever, when, when we travel. It's, it's a long season. Um, you know, and for me, I look, I look at life also, like with family time and whatnot. That helps me stay connected to them. But as far as uh, the negative stuff, I mean, whether it's social media, whether it's showing up for work, whether it's, I don't know, something going on with family time, I kind of have to look at too many of the negative things regardless. Because, uh, again, opinions, people can have them. I mean, that's, right. that's a part of life. And, you know, the sooner you, you know, I guess, get a grasp on that, then uh, you should be fine because you can only handle the facts and you can only control what you can. Jason Hayward here, and thank you for being here on this Saturday. You, you also were on yesterday, the station, so can't wait for your show tomorrow. Are you going to be? <laughs> hey, you, you want a regular gig? You're more than welcome. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about yet, but maybe one day. Too. I might take you up on <laughs> How about the Jason day. Hayward show on the Marquee Network? Is that coming next? Is that, is that going to be behind the scenes with Jason Hayward? I, I can't predict the future. Yet. <laughs> Jason, thanks, thanks for being here. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Cubs outfielder Jason Hayward here on Inside the Clubhouse. Bruce Levine and David Haw and for Matt Spiegel for another couple moments. And, and Bruce, I think that uh, as we get ready to wrap up here, you know, I think there's, there's a definitely a, a difference between the way that the people outside of the Cubs' inner sanctum are viewing this offseason and the way the people, you know, within that. Because w there's a definite confidence that we, whether we talk to Jason Hayward here or Kyle Hendricks, you know, even Tom Ricketts alluded to it, the ability to improve from within, they really believe in that. And there hasn't, and, and I sort of said that the offseason hasn't started yet, and he sort of corrected me that it's been going on for a while. But I think from our perspective, from a lot of the fans' perspective, that we're still waiting for something to happen when they may believe nothing really needs to for them to feel like they have a contending team. Let me ask you this. Is this a better than an 84-win team if you throw in all those elements? They don't add somebody new. The guys that are on the team get better, have better years. Chatwood steps up and assumes that role as a fifth starter. You know, the, those can, are big ifs. Yeah. I mean, those but are I mean, definitely. What, what does your gut tell you? I mean, I, I choose to look at it this way, David. They're not done with the offseason. Okay. I'm a patient guy. Yeah. I think they're going to make two or three trades that are going to change everything around because right now, the team that's constituted there, I can't pick them higher than third, okay, in their division. I think that Cincinnati has moved past them. I think that St. Louis is a better team just because of their pitching. And um, they're still probably uh, in the mix for adding on as well. So it's incomplete by my end, but I think I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to they're make some moves that are significant here. 
you have the Cubs better than the Brewers right now. You, you, I have the yes. Have I, I don't like I don't like I don't like much about what happened to the Brewers offseason. So when you ask all. that question about do, does this look like an eighty four win team, I think that if everything that you describe happens, certainly Chatwood comes through. There's improvement from the guys that you need to improve. But I do I think two things. Number one, I don't know that you saw last year reasons to believe that's going to happen. And secondly, this isn't going to be the mix that we're talking about. I think that I believe Theo Epstein when he says yesterday moves are coming they're just waiting for you know the grievance to be settled they're waiting right. for other things to happen they're still a month before the cubs you know report to arizona pitchers and catchers and there's a lot of time during spring training no rules exist that you can't make a deal during spring training so nobody should go out and and draw any conclusions after this weekend about what you have or what you don't have as a cubs fan would you feel different if you saw bias signs a six-year uh, 200 million dollar contract in the next i feel week? differently about their window being open from a championship perspective i don't know that i would feel differently about this season this season i think you can expect javi Baez to be there and to be the player that we have seen him to be but that doesn't help you address your needs in the bullpen that doesn't make you different offensively because of who you acquired that doesn't bring nick castellanos back necessarily who i think is a guy that's important if you were able to afford him to sign him to re-sign him because he's such a dynamic hitter hey depaul basketball coming up on the score maggie and julie uh right after the uh, the game will be right from here at the cub convention again and then tomorrow morning we also have a show nick and Trying to think. Nick Costos, Danny Parkins, right. and Joe Ostrowski. Yeah, right. you better you bet. That's going to be tomorrow, 9 to 11 at the score. And Bruce, bottom of the hour here, props, brought to you by PropSwap. And PropSwap is where America buys and sells legal sports bets. Before you make your next bet, be sure to check out PropSwap.com to see what's up for sale. Guaranteed better odds than any local bookie can offer. All season long, PropSwap customers have been snatching up 200 to 1. Yes, 200 to 1 odds for Lamar Jackson to win the MVP tickets. Now those tickets are just about ready to cash. Go to PropSwap.com right now to find which long shot is up for sale next. Find the best odds in the world right now on PropSwap.com. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. Also on our website, I write Sox and Cubs at 670 The Score. You uh, every day with Molly, Monday through Friday. It's a beautiful thing. Molly and Hall, I'll be there on Monday morning at 5 o'clock. Bruce, thank you for being such a gracious host. I was in for Matt Spiegel today. Inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.